You're listening to the Co-Creator Network. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Good afternoon. Welcome to Why Shamanism Now, a practical path to authenticity with your host, Christina Pratt. Director of the Last Mask Center for Shamanic Healing. She's talking about how shamanic skills can bring us to physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being, especially when nothing else can. Now, here's your host, Christina Pratt. And welcome, everyone. This is your host, Christina Pratt, and I'd like to begin our proceedings here today by calling out to the helping spirits to be with us. So I call out first to your ancestral helping spirits and to mine. I call out to those people who lived well and died well and bring all that is good and true and beautiful in that ancestral legacy to each of us, to the living. I call out to these ancestors to lean in, to help us to hear ever more clearly, um, ever more frequently, their guidance as they share with us their deep understanding of the challenges of being a human and where it is that we tend to take the wrong turn, where it is that we tend to not quite try hard enough and to help us to find the guidance to take the right turn, the courage to try a bit harder and the wisdom to begin again to learn what is necessary for us to work together, to support each other in our expression of our humanity. And as these ancestral helping spirits of the human variety gather around us here today, let's reach beyond the humans to those other living things that are also our ancestors that have been here long before there was ever a human and will most likely be here long after. So we reach out to all of life, in its many forms all around us and we call out to these ancestors to help us to understand our own true nature, to help us to resonate with the deep essence of why it is that we are here and to bring that manifestation of our true unique genius out into the world into, in a way that helps us to weave into this great web of life. And may these non-human ancestors help us to get perspective Help us to understand what are truly the small things, the things that have no bearing on our character and our soul, and what are the things that deeply abide, that need our attention, and help us learn to put those things on the top of our list of what it is we choose to do in this day. And so we call out to these helping spirits and their many forms and ask them to gather around us here today. And as they gather, let us gather ourselves, taking responsibility to call ourselves from wherever it is that we might be into our mind. And as we gather into our mind, let us choose with focused intent to drop our consciousness down into our heart. And with the next breath, choose to drop our consciousness down deep, deep into our belly. And as we slow down and focus, let us drop our consciousness down to the earth itself and take a moment to reach our gratitude out into this day, to give thanks for life itself. Thanks for the wonder of all that has happened in your life that has brought you to this moment. Thanks for the moment itself. 
and thanks for all that will be. Gratitude for the beauty and the diversity around us and the way in which life is such a generous giver, giving us all that we need to grow into the men and women that we choose to be. And so with enormous gratitude to the earth for the generosity of her dreaming, let us reach our awareness down through all the layers of the earth, giving our gratitude as we go, giving thanks to the earth as we reach all the way down to the very center of the earth and anchor ourselves firmly there. Let us take a nice deep breath and center our awareness down into these energies that draw their power and their unique gifts out of darkness, out of silence, out of stillness, out of solitude in the deep, rich fabric of that which is before, that which is before the abundance, the diversity, and the beauty that we enjoy here on the surface. Let us reach into those energies that are at the root of all that we call life. And let us reach deeply into those energies and draw them up, all the way up through all the layers of the earth, up into our bodies and into our belly and begin to draw the energy of the earth in. And we ask the energy of the earth to help us to understand who we are, where we stand and what we stand for. And as we tune in to what truly has meaning and purpose in our own heart, let us build our own sense of family and belonging based on that meaning and purpose. Let us not just do what we've been taught, if what we have been taught actually has no meaning and purpose for us. Let us reach deeper in and draw out what matters to our heart and to create our intimacy and connections with ourself, with others, with the environment and with the world around us and the invisible world around us through that heart and what has meaning and purpose. Let us trust the knowing of our own heart And with that, let us reach into this great web of life and have a moment of allowing ourselves to surrender into that great oneness that all are connected and let ourselves begin to come into right relationship in our own relationship with ourself from that oneness. And let us draw this earth energy up into our heart, into our mind, up and out the top of our head, out through the sky and whatever weather it holds in this day. Connecting with the realms above, out through the atmosphere, out into the cosmos and reaching all the way up to the highest power of the universe. And as you reach up to these energies, these radiant divine energies that radiate down on us, whether you see these as natural forces or spiritual forces, by whatever name you call them, however you conceive of them, reach to them and connect and to draw those energies down through all the layers of the sky, bringing into yourself, into your day, into these proceedings, the energy of blessing, the energy of protection, the benevolence of this universe. Call this energy in, breathe it into your heart and down into your belly as you draw in the energy of inspiration and illumination, the great beneficence of this universe. And we call in those energies that manifest as mentors and champions and those that light the way. 
and may you find those qualities within yourself. And as you draw this sky energy down and send it down to the center of the earth, take a moment and imagine these two great legendary lovers, earth and sky, connecting in that big love within you. And let that love awaken the spirit of your own heart. Let it grow big and large beyond the simple human dramas of pure romantic love and open up to the capacity that truly exists in your heart. Reach down and draw up the fiery passions of your belly and put them there in the great crucible of transformation that lives in your heart. Draw down the crystal clarity from your mind and let these two energies so very different in their nature move and dance together in such a way that they give birth to that third and most sacred thing, some deep understanding of why you are here. And may you find courage in that very same human heart to do something in this day, large or small, to bring those gifts into the world. And reach out with me now and give great, great thanks to all the spirit help that you have, known or unknown, that assists you in every day in bringing those gifts to the world. May what needs to be said be said here today and what needs to be heard be heard and may these proceedings go forward in a way that is good for all living things. I give gratitude to Sharla and Martha, Amanda, Autumn, Deneo, Maria, Leslie, Malama and all of the listeners who have donated to the show. Those of you who are able to donate financially help all of us uh, to have the show live and new Um, Not every week anymore, but many weeks. And keep the archives alive and well and available to anyone who can connect via the internet to whyshamanismnow.com or iTunes or co-creatornetwork.com. And so for those of you that are listening for the first time, Why Shamanism Now is listener supported. It has been since 2012. The show has been live since 2009 and it is because of listeners like you who find something in this show that moves them in the heart and that uh, heart movement moves you into action in the world and this is the most fundamental of shamanic energies and we ask you to respond to this in your own way and if you'd like to donate to the show you can go to whyshamanismnow.com Click on the support button, donate any amount, large or small, in any currency. We are grateful for all of it. If you're uncomfortable doing that electronically, you can always email me at christina at lastmaskcenter.org for a physical address, for a physical check. Um, And we are grateful for all of it. And we are grateful for the many things that you do to spread the word of the show, but also the things that you do to deepen the teachings by living them yourself. And for all of this, I am deeply grateful. So we are live today. This is a new show. And if you have questions about today's topic, you are welcome to call in at 512-772-1938 or Skype in from the co-creatornetwork.com site. And of course, you can email me at any time at christina at lastmaskcenter.org. The topic of today's show is moving into the deep water. So the Burkina Faso, um, in Burkina Faso, sorry, the Dagra people embody a five-element cosmology. So this is in West Africa. 
And in their way of understanding their life, their world, their existence, there is no separation between the physical and spiritual world. These are just uh, experienced as two expressions of the same thing. In this cosmology, the earth is in the center, the fire in the south, the water in the north, nature in the east, and mineral in the west. And I was taught this cosmology by Maladoma Patrice Somme years ago, along with a cowrie shell divination system that he uses uh, to great um, depth of divination and wisdom with people all over the world. Um, so we, in this uh, ongoing class, we created our own divination tools. And so this, this, this to create this system of div divination, we began by painting this five-element cosmology on a cloth, um, and it, the cloth would then be the place where we would cast the shells and the other items in this um, divination kit, and then read the way that the shells and these other items fell across the cloth and the cosmology. So we're all there and painting these five elements um, as, as prescribed on our cloths while Maladoma explained that from their perspective, the elements are not equal, that nature and metal were balanced side to side, east and west, but the fire in the south was only one-third the size of water in the north, and we all looked up from our painting, huh? And this was clearly obvious to him and clearly not obvious to us, and when we all asked why, because some of us had already painted our fire and our water on our cloth, so when we all asked why, he stated, well, there's blue water and there's black water, as if this was clear. So, the blue water from the Dagra perspective is the shallow water, obviously, right? And where we move... Uh, in our, so our own blue water is where we move into the actions that maintain our status quo. So it, to be in the water is to be engaged in living consciously. And so the blue water is where we engage in those actions that allow us to maintain the status quo of our life. So the transition then between the blue water and the black water is where we find the deeper reasons for what is going on around us and also the deeper reasons for what is going on within us. So it is similar to realizing that the waves always break right there out in the bay because under the surface there's a reef. Or understanding that you get sloppy boundaries when a woman speaks to you in a particular tone of voice because your grandmother used that tone with you when you were a child and she was your only sane emotional refuge. So the black water then is the deep water. It is where we can no longer touch the bottom. We are no longer in control. It is where we must surrender ourselves to the water itself and swim in it on its own terms. So the black water is where we must learn to work with the current, to work with the waves, where we must dive and swim down with effort 
and bursting lungs sometimes to see what is causing the things on the surface of our life and that we must deal with our fear of sea monsters, particularly our own. So the Dagra do not assume that life in the physical world will flow harmoniously. They don't believe that if we are good people, all will go well. They believe that there is more going on here in human life than the ego conceives of. And there is certainly more than the wounded child is in control of. And so to behave in this way, this assumption that if we're good people, all should go well. And that we are entitled to a good life if we are good people. To behave in this way is actually to be out of the water altogether. To be shallow in your engagement with life is to choose to stay on the shore from a Dagra perspective. And that understanding then that shallow life is not necessarily the shallow water. It is no water at all. So the Dagra believe that each individual has a center that they grow away from progressively after birth. And they lose their ability to tell who they are and where they come from or where they are going. And that this is just the natural course of life from birth to initiation. And so to assume that it is okay to continue to live in this way where one is, one is losing their ability to tell who they are, where they came from or where they're going – and just to continue along that path as if this is okay is, again, to not enter the water of life at all. In this divination system that Maladoma taught, there were two rings. One ring was about your relationships with the living, the intimate relationships with the living. The other ring was about your intimate relationships with the invisible world. And if you cast the cowries and the, and the other bits and items um, on the cloth and nothing fell in the ring for your relationship with the invisible world, the reading was effectively over. Because the assumption was if you had nothing going on with the invisible world, no relationship with the invisible world, you were effectively still a child growing away from your center continuing to forget who you are and where you are and that you were basically not in the water of your life. So for the Dagra, the purpose of initiation then from childhood to adulthood is to find that center, to remember that it exists and to be with it. The center is believed by the Dagra to be both in the individual literally, energetically, within the individual, something that can be focused on and cultivated and is an experienced uh, piece of your energy body and that your center is in the spirit world. In other words, your center carries your unique genius that you have been given by the universe to bring to the world in this one particular life. And so 
But the Dogra believed then that harmony with the natural world and harmony with your own internal natural world is earned through constant vigilance of the, the health and well-being of our own energy body and, of, and in our interactions with other energies, physical and invisible, um, that this harmony is um, earned by having the skills to detect imbalances in life, either your own internal imbalances or those between you and things external to you, and to detect illnesses, um, dysfunction, um, dis-ease. And that um, this harmony is earned also through a willingness to engage in ritual to restore that well, your well-being or your equilibrium. And so it's not so harmony in life, balance in life is earned both through maintaining and sustaining that balance and balance harmony and in being willing when you realize there is something even deeper going on to engage in what is necessary to transform that so that it can come into balance and wholeness. And so one primary goal then of Dogra culture obviously is balance, particularly in that culture between men and women, between the living and the ancestors, living and the dead, and also between the living with their purpose and the descendants, those who are coming. And also between the human world the living human manifest world, and the elemental energies of the earth, fire, water, nature, and mineral. Okay, so this awareness of the water, this metaphor for life about the water, is both about how we engage through our shamanic practices with water as an element and it is about how we engage with life as an experience so it it is you know as the dogra present to the world both physical and spiritual both manifest and purely energetic and invisible uh, otherwise invisible and so our understanding of how we live in the waters of our own life, I, I believe, is critically important right now. The primary reason being that there are many, many spiritual truths available to us these days really without having to learn them. We can Google them, frankly. And what this means in practice is that many truths which do still resonate with us as truth are taken out of context or applied out of context or people try to understand them out of context. And consequently, there is great confusion when um, the truths don't gain traction or don't bear fruit. Um, and I'm speaking about the simple level of this, which is just a human being endeavoring to engage, endeavoring to be in the water of life, which 
initially means the blue water. And that so the blue water is where we learn skills, choose to to the discipline of practicing skills, bringing it into our daily life, allowing these things to affect how we perceive of ourselves and how we perceive of the world around us. And so in the blue water, we are learning about skills to engage with our physical wisdom body. We are learning the skills we need to engage with our emotional wisdom body. We're learning the skills we need to engage with our mental wisdom body. And so, for example, the show, I don't know, two weeks ago, with Michael Stone talking about quantum physics and our stories and how our stories affect us and how they affect the world around us. All of that is um, critical to learning to understand how your mental wisdom body is operating and beginning to take, um, come into right relationship with it so that you can use your will and intention um, in a good way in the world. And then, of course, the blue water is also about learning how we are going to engage our spiritual wisdom body, how we engage our spirit, uh, learning to communicate with our soul, listening to that. How do we open to that voice within us? How do we know it's a true voice? All of all of this is blue water activity. It's how we come to understand what it is to be a human, how to um, gain the skills that we need to earn that harmony that uh, Maladoma was speaking of, that the Dagra speak of, which is how do we engage in living in such a way that we're in the water of life in a deep and meaningful way, not on shore. And so back to what I was saying about why I feel this is important today is because we've created this realm of understanding by taking truths out of context where people can be on the shore thinking through misunderstanding, honest misunderstanding that they're in the water, or they can be on the shore doing blah, 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 having been uh, told they're in the water by some teacher or guru whose intentions are not clear, clean, or someone who perceives of themselves as a guru when they're not. So that's another thing going on right now that, that, that creates this illusion for people that they are in the water when they're actually still on the shore. And then – and I'm not even talking about, of course, the people that are under the illusion that they just need to be a good person and everything should work out fine because those people aren't even at the beach. They haven't even gotten to the beach yet, much less decided to get in the water. So so we live in this time that has created this this um very heartfelt spiritually driven deeply authentic miscommunication and misunderstanding about what it means to get into the waters of life and and much of this misunderstanding and confusion people come by honestly because the the beliefs resonate as true, but they're taken out of context. 
the guru resonates because they're sharing truths, but they are false in some way, or a person is literally being told by someone that they are in the water when they are not because it maintains the out of greed, out of um, profiteering. And these things are all real in this world of how do I meet this need I feel as a contemporary person to be a better human, to engage in the challenges going on around me. It breaks my heart that black children are killed in my country and that the people who kill them are not held to the same standard of justice as that black child would be when he grows up or she grows up, that, that this breaks my heart. Things like this happen all the time all around us every day. They break our heart. We want to be effective. We want to create change. We want to understand how we are contributing to that problem. And in that deep, sincere, honest need, many of us get to the beach and then this, we get into this confusion zone around what does it really mean to get in the water? So, Moving, what does it mean to move into the water and ultimately move into the deep water? So, to put all this in a nutshell, what I've been saying is that to simply be uh, in the shallow end of the work, coming to learning to use the skills, getting, um, I guess what I'm trying to say is to be shallow in your life is not to be in the shallow water. That you have to actually be engaging pretty significantly in your skills, in your practice, in living your life consciously, in some sort of system for self-reflection, to actually be in the shallow water, the blue water. And that I think is a common misconception that if I'm doing anything – I'm in the deep water. And I actually think the people that are moving into the deep water these days, the teachers that are willing to do that teaching, the people willing to go work with those teachers and do that teaching is rare. Because it's messy. Because it will challenge the places that you're comfortable Because it's scary. There are sea monsters. They're you. And so consequently, it's not really very profitable. And a lot of people feel they can't afford to offer teachings that are not popular. The blue water is popular. The black water is not. And so for me this year, so to put this podcast in context. It is March 2018. This year, for me, my helping spirits have made it clear to me that I need to move ever more deeply into the deep water myself and also with my teachings. And that's, so that's where I'm going. If you want to, y'all want to come with me, you're welcome. And the online courses 
that I will begin offering on a much larger scale this year in 2018 are my honest effort to try to do this in a good way. Not just for people who are able to physically get to me here in the United States, but to people who are attracted to this idea, to this work, and are never going to be able to get here. And perhaps we shouldn't be using the precious resources of the earth for you to physically get here. Because right now, we have this technological opportunity to come together in a way that we can do some of this work together. And so this is my exploration this year and for the next handful of years to come, unless, of course, things fail miserably. So blue water and black water. How do we move into the deep water? Well, to move into the deep water, think of the metaphor of swimming. You have to learn how to swim first before you're allowed in the deep end. And that is only wise, only compassionate, only reasonable, right? That, that we do need to learn to swim. We need to learn to dive down and hold our breath. We need to learn how to float. We need to learn how to, well, frankly, you're welcome to learn to do synchronized swimming as well. But the point is you need to learn the skills before you can even begin to imagine that you could go into the deep water and function there. And so where do we begin? Okay, so what do actions in the blue water look like for all of us here in the contemporary non-doggerel world, right? To be in this blue water means that you are engaged in the process of learning skills that will help you find your center and learning those skills, using those skills and um, engaging with them at whatever level is necessary to help you to maintain your center, regardless of what is going on around you. So what is necessary for you to use a certain set of skills may be different than what is necessary for someone else because of your sensitivities, because of your skill set, because of your soul's purpose that you bring to the world, because of your age. I mean, there's all of these variables that constantly influence us um, as we go through our day, as we choose to use our skills, etc. Okay, so in the blue water, you are learning skills. I am learning skills. This is what we are doing. Ideally, skills that engage you through all of your wisdom bodies. So in other words, for me to go into the deep water, I need to be sure I have at least one go-to reliable skill to communicate with each of my four wisdom bodies that I am not going to be able to go into the deep water with just shamanic skills or just psychological skills or just five rhythms dance skills that these are all beautiful skill sets but they each engage primarily engage one or two wisdom bodies unless you're in some sort of intensive experience of 
only doing shamanism for three weeks or dancing for a long period of time with people that are dancing. But that's not how we live, most of us. Most of us, our practices are engaged with our everyday life. And so that's where our real practice is, not in our ability to do deep immersion in a weekend or a week. That's not the deep water. It's just deep immersion in the skills you need in the blue water. But the deep, the deep water is something we've frankly been building ourselves up to be able to go into. And I believe that now it's time for us to tidy up that skill set so we can go and not drown. Because they'd be monsters in that sea for us. Okay, so in other words, let's just look at yoga. Okay, so what does the blue water look like through the yoga system? Okay, so you start going to class, either in person or online. Lots of options these days. And you begin to lead yourself at home. You start to take accountability for the leader role with your skill. You don't simply rely entirely on somebody else to lead you. You start to own that skill as your own. You won't do it as well as your teacher. So what? Do it anyway. That your yoga begins to become a daily practice. Maybe not the same amount every day, but it becomes a daily practice. That you begin to learn a range in yoga from the most um, uh, energetic and physical manifestations of yoga through moderate forms to the more meditative and sitting, lying down forms that don't move around much, the breathing forms and uh, this understanding this whole range. You begin to touch into the heat system of healing that goes with yoga right? You go, you sit your first Vipassana or whatever the version is in your system of yoga that is a multi-day meditation to move deeply into your self-reflection in such a way that you cannot get away from yourself and that you are able to hold that gaze to the degree that you begin to transform that which is right here and available for transformation. All of that in the context of yoga is blue water. All of it. Okay, so let's look at that in terms of shamanic practice. Okay, so you learned a journey. So you're connected with your own helping spirits. You are not even in the water from a shamanic perspective until you are cultivating your own relationship with spirit. Whether it be plants, spirits, animal spirits, whatever, but you need to have a working relationship with your helping spirits, ancestors, who, whoever they might be, that does not depend on you being ingesting a plant hallucinogen or being in a journey that you, you need to begin, you're not in the water in shamanism until you as a living, breathing human being are cultivating your relationship with the invisible world, yourself, not through a teacher, but yourself through your own actions. Okay, so now you're in the water. Okay, so you learn to journey, whether that's embodiment states or 
um, uh, sonic driver assisted journeying out states or both, you start to journey on your own. You begin to craft your own questions. You apply them to your everyday real life problems. You begin to bring the answers you've been given to spirit into your life through your actions. You notice how this is working. You grow curious about how to have a deeper working with relationship with your helping spirits because it's actually helpful, right? So you, you start to ask them, how do, how, do we, how do I do this better? And you begin to take those actions. You begin to see the model for right relationship in your life from your right relationship with your helping spirits. And you start to clean up your energy body. You start to clean up your interactions. You start to realize how much you bring to the mess that happens in your life. And you clean that part up. You grow curious about how to live in deeper rapport with the other invisible energies around you. The energy of the space, the spirits of the land, um, the different beings that inhabit the land. You begin to understand the need for ceremony, for repetition, for precise intention and focused repetition to reinforce the new life that you're creating. You ask for help in refining your ceremony from spirit and you begin to do these things daily. You begin to understand the need for ritual to engage with the invisible world to help you create change. And the things that you find within yourself or your life that really do need to change. And you ask for help from spirit to craft those rituals. You do those rituals. You follow through with those, the work that you've done in those rituals. And with all of this, you begin to see where you need shamanic healing. And you ask for help from an initiated shaman to meet those healing needs. And you follow through with the integration of those sessions. You may even take some wonderful classes exploring the rich landscape of shamanism. Maybe you do something with Celtic shamanism with Tom Cowan, or you travel somewhere to be with indigenous practitioners and to feel what that feels like to be immersed in that Uh, the lives of people that have not necessarily strayed far from their shamanic life. All of these things, which is a lot and will change your life, all of this is in the blue water. So the other thing to be aware of is that in our everyday life, in the blue water of our everyday life. I mean, let's imagine now we're all in the we're all in the blue water. We can touch the bottom, we can stand here, and we can practice, right? And then it gets a little deeper and deeper, but it's still blue water, right? And but we're practicing our practices, we're learning our skills, we're engaging with each other, we're engaging with the invisible world. We're doing it. We're doing the thing. We're engaged in the waters of our life. So the other thing that I would ask us now as contemporary people is what are the how do the illnesses present in blue water? The illnesses of our world, not just our illnesses, but truly the cultural illnesses of our time. How do they present in the blue water? And here's the hardest thing 
really for me to accept just because of what it means for the years ahead of us, except from spirit, um, is that the manifestations, the microaggressions, the everyday tension, frustration, anger, violence, um, heartbreak that happens from the systems of injustice that are part of our culture, so racism and sexism, classism, uh, etc., all of them, uh, issues around forcing people into the gender binary uh, in spite of all facts to the contrary um, of the usefulness of that, etc., all of this. All of these symptoms that are part of our everyday life, what we run into on our way to the grocery store, what shows up in our classes, the huge effort now going on um, as women uh, speak out what their true experience is around sexual violation and harassment – that uh, the huge burden on women of color in the feminist spirituality movement um, to to call out the inherent uh, racism and um, classism in that often found in that school. All of this, which so consumes us right now, all of this is in the blue water. It's how the problems show up in the blue water, you know, where the wave is breaking. It's not really about the reef. We're not there yet. And this is why uh, I am being pushed by spirit to, to create a way for those of us who are ready to go out past the reef to try to figure this out. To gain the skills necessary to be effective out there in the deep water. So, example. One of the most beautiful things, I think, to arise so far out of Me Too happening is the stories I've read from men, beautiful men, assumed they were feminist, assumed they were on the right side of everything. And as they've seen this information in their life and and consumed it, they've realized to their horror, that they were part of the problem. Never saw it before. Seeing it now. Even this is in the blue water. So, if we want to get at why these things exist in our world, where these systems are embedded Like not just the reef itself, but the rock the reef is attached to. If we want to understand why these things are in our lives, in the blue water of our life, we have to be willing to go deeper, to hold our breath a long time and dive down and be willing to engage with that work in the black water. Because the why of these things is in the black water. It's not here in the blue water. We can flop around all we want here in the blue water where our feet are on the ground and we are in control and we are in many ways still living in to these stories because we're not yet where 
the deeper root of these stories are coming from. We're just not there. We have to move. So, what are we doing as we start to transition into the deep water? Well, as we start to transition into the deep water, we have used our skills enough here in the blue water, individually and together, to begin to see our effect on the world around us and and to understand that that's not actually enough if we want to be the medicine for our time. Now, if you don't want to be the medicine for your time, that's fine. You know, you are here to choose the right use of your own will. What I would like to offer is an opportunity for us to choose to be the medicine for our time, for the true root of the illnesses of our time. Okay, so for that, we got to transition now out of the blue water into the black water. So part of that transition is beginning to see, for example, I have done enough of my own emotional clearing. In other words, clearing the things that trigger me to understand my part in that and clearing the reason I'm being triggered, not the trigger, not the upset, but the reason for that trigger within me, that I am taking responsibility to create that change on myself so that going forward, I am no longer triggered by the same things in the same way. I begin to realize that that is still reactive. That is still forcing my life to trigger me to get me to look at what my issues are. And so as I transition out of the blue water to the white water, I begin to see, ooh, this really cool emotional clearing skill that I have. This allows me to actually proactively clear, to look within myself for the root of this pattern that I see in my life, to look actively and proactively within myself for the self within me who holds that belief that I keep tripping over in my life. In, and, and we begin to see then how our inner world is forcing this outer world reflection because that's the arrangement. Somebody built that system, we're just in it, right? You start to see if I don't like that out in the world – then I can begin to transform it within myself and I can have effect, an effect on the outer world by my transformation in my inner world. And we go the next step, which is to understand it is my responsibility to do this clearing internally, to free up the outer world from its need to reflect this dysfunction back to me. So it's, it's a change of conscious awareness around our skills, what our free will is really here for, and the deep uh, responsibility in um, how we are influencing each other and the world around us and how to begin to use our skills to pull our contribution out of the world around us, back to the if I clear my own victimization, makes it that much easier for everyone else, male or female, to clear their victimization and that much harder for anyone else, male or female, to victimize. 
and and thus if we want that energy out of the outer world we need to clear it in our inner world deeply and completely and aggressively in in the sense that i am now proactively looking for it not waiting for my life to trigger me which is passive but to be active and overt about it so this is how we begin to transition we start to swim up to the reef and begin to figure out what is our timing how to how to get there when it's high tide so we can get over that reef without slicing our belly open right because then we're done right so we want to make it over the reef safely because the important thing to understand about recognizing this inner world outer world relationship and how all of the skills that we're learning in all of our different wisdom bodies are about helping us to take responsibility for manifesting balance and harmony in the world in ourself with with each other with the environment with the invisible world all of that is not enough to be the medicine for the illnesses of our time it isn't enough that deep root of racism, for example, sexism, binary gender norming, domination, whatever we want to call that. It's complicated. It's a lot of layers to it. But these things in our life are not going to be resolved by a portion of us understanding the inner world, outer world thing and taking huge amounts of responsibility for our own internal clearing and healing and not projecting that stuff out into the world. It's not enough. But it is the transition from the blue water to the black water. And so what we find in this transition from the blue water to black water is we begin to find after I've got my soul parts back the need to actually now change how I engage in the world and to manifest that change and engage in the world differently. At this transition we start to see that the deeper manifestation of these Racism, for example, is not just the actions that I'm seeing out in the world around me, but how I have internalized racism, how I internalized this right to colonize, how I have colonized my own wildness within, and how I do so to others outside of me. So, so as we start to move into the deeper underpinnings, we are moving into that transition from the blue water to the black water. We start to see um, how the fact that we are choosing, and I'm choosing to drive, so this is me too, that we continue to choose to drive cars, run on fossil fuel, affect an economy that is affecting our environment, that is affecting the potential survival of our own descendants. So, so it's that beginning to see the bigger system going on and not getting lost, not drowning in it, not beginning to see it and just going down 
down for the count and down and sinking. But how do I keep maintain a buoyancy as I become aware of what I must become aware of to begin to move from the blue water to the black water? Okay. So if you're still tracking with me, the question for me then is what are the possibilities for us as individuals if we can take our skill set, get out past the reef in spite of all the awareness that comes with that and move into the dark water and in a sense to get comfortable out there, to understand who are allies out there, you know, who's a shark and who's a dolphin, right? To dive down and understand what is not just the reef, but what is under the reef. To be able to weather the storms so we have resiliency and hardiness. To be able to be out of control all the time because our feet cannot touch the bottom when we are in the dark water. And that doesn't mean we have to stay out in the dark water 24 hours a day. That's not my point. But my point is we stop fooling ourselves. One, that we're in the blue water when we're really on the shore. And two, that we're in the black water when we're really in the blue. Because if we keep fooling ourselves about that, we are not going to make the medicine for our time. So... What does it look like then in our practice when we are in the black water? When for us to move into our practice uh, moves us through the blue water into the black water regularly. What does that look like? What does illness, what do these illnesses of our time actually look like in the black water where we're starting to get at why they exist? Right. So these are the questions that I'm asking. These are the questions I'm inviting you to ask with me and to put ourselves on the line to embody what those answers might be in our time through our work personally, but also through our work together. Because what I'm really curious about is what are the possibilities as many of us gain the skills to move into the dark water, into the black water, and to operate collectively. What, what is possible if we do it together? This, to me, is the interesting question. So man is the spirit of water for the Dagra people. And it's associated with the north, as I said earlier, man brings the power of peace, focus, and reconciliation. So in people, water, man, provides internal peace, bridging the gap between who people are on the inside and how they present themselves on the outside. That water nature allows people to be many to connect with family, village, and community. And so 
I am literally inviting you into the deep water so that we can discover not only what we can do and be in this dark water, understanding what riches come out of who we are when we are in the dark water and what is it that we could create collectively that we will never do on our own once many of us are out there in the dark water and decide to focus our skills on the same thing, on understanding the deeper reason for the illness in our time. So, because I'm not terribly creative, I am calling this event where I'm really calling this energy out in us, moving into the deep water. And it is in a couple weeks, March 22nd, 2018. It will be at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, which is not so bad for the United States and Australia, etc. Not so great for Europe. It will be recorded. And so if this is remotely interesting to you, I invite you to join me in this online, live online conversation, collaboration, this, this introduction to this, these ideas, this invitation to go swimming with me in the deep water to grow that kind of steadfast hardiness and skill and resiliency and maybe even style. Perhaps we could even have style out there in the deep water where the true roots of that which ails our cultures are found. So I want to give thanks to the ancestral helping spirits, even though they're being very pushy right now. Gratitude to the earth below and the sky above and the heart that unites us all. For those of you that want to join me on March 22nd and moving into the deep water, you can go to lastmaskcenter.org and click on the link. It's right there. Moving into the deep water with yours truly. I hope to see you there. Thank you, everyone. Have a good week.